This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to the latest Agenda podcast here on the Blood Red channel. Myself, Matt Addison and Eddie Kay with you to have a chat about the title race with four games remaining for both Liverpool and Manchester City. After the Reds beat Newcastle by a goal to nil at St. James's Park, thanks to Naby Keita, all eyes then turned towards Elland Road as Leeds United couldn't quite do enough to get anything out of Manchester City. It was a uh, I suppose a little bit of a kind of unexpected result, Eddie, in terms of of what happened in the Manchester City game. We were just saying just before we started recording this that it could have been worse. It could have been a late winner for Manchester City. As it was, it was very much wrapped up really in the the first half or or certainly very shortly into the second half. It's, It's kind of what we've come to expect from both Liverpool and for Manchester City. But with four games remaining for each team, it's it's set up nicely, isn't it, for this type of race? Yeah, I think it's it is difficult to be disappointed because you're so used to just seeing this uh, this city team steamroll teams are in the bottom half. You know, I'd sort of filled myself with a bit of confidence, thinking now Bielsa's gone, they're not going to go one nil down inside ten minutes and then go all gung ho and end up getting five six nil. But I mean, four nil's not that much better, is it really? But uh, I think from what I only, only really saw the bits of the second half, but you know. I think Leeds put them under a bit of pressure at points. Uh, Laporte had to make a really good block from uh, Rafinha in the second half. Um, you know, they, they put in a they put on a, in a good showing, and I don't think it certainly wasn't a four nil game. But then I don't think our game against Newcastle was a one nil. To be honest, I think we could have we could have put them out of sight um, fairly early, and it's a bit it's a bit disappointing we didn't really because then you sat there with ten minutes to go, and it's sort of squeaky bum time, and it's like oh here we go again. But you know, they sort of managed to. Uh, keep control and get the three points and yeah it's all it's all set up nicely but you were you were looking at Leeds as one of the uh, one of those games where you're thinking can they do something you know Ellen Road evening game but City have proved that you know they've got the minerals to take that and uh, it's going to be harder than that to beat them I think. Yeah, it absolutely is. We're going to come on shortly to the the fixtures that both Liverpool and City have got left. We'll have a little look through those. Obviously, the timing of those games plays into it as well. I know that was something that I was certainly taking heart from, the fact that Liverpool this weekend played before Manchester City. How much of a difference could that make in the end? Obviously, it didn't matter too much for Manchester City, but could still do in the last few games of the season. The fact that City won by four goals to nil and, and Liverpool only won by the one goal, it does now mean that the goal difference is only one in it, obviously a point in it as well. So for that to come into the equation, both teams would have to drop points in the last few games. I suppose the goal difference almost doesn't matter, does it? Because Yeah, I think it was when you saw Watford and then Leeds on the calendar, you sort of thought after those games, is goal difference going to matter? And obviously now it really doesn't. Um, you know, City have got that habit of they will go to the majority of the bottom half teams and they either look like or they do put four or five past them. So with them relying on goal difference, it's just it's just not it's not a good not a good tactic, is it really? I mean, don't get me wrong, I think we're the better the better goal scoring threat, but the amount of chances that they create, I mean, they don't have to be as clinical as we are. They, they like I say you regularly see them put four, five, six past teams. So goal difference was never the really really the right tree to be barking up. It is looking for them to Maybe not even lose a game, you know, draw here or there. But even then, if you know, if we draw, it's 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 just so tight, and you can easily see. I mean, for my money, both teams are probably going to go the rest of the season without dropping a point, and I think they'll it's, it'll just edge it. But you know, it's it's so tight that 
goal difference maybe was going to come into it, but it's never something you want to be relying on when you're going up against a City team. No, absolutely not. Let's have a look at, at the fixtures then. For, for Liverpool, obviously, the next Premier League game is Tottenham at home. That's next weekend. They've got Villa and Southampton both away from home and finish at home to Wolves. I mean, I suppose Tottenham would be the obvious difficult one in that. But obviously, at Anfield, Tottenham can kind of be a little bit inconsistent. Is is that the one that you've kind of got your eye on in terms of being the most difficult? Or is there maybe one or two others in there that you think might be tricky? It is, yeah, but I do think having gotten away with rested so much players uh, today and still coming away with the result, given we've and again, given we've got the two goal advantage over Villarreal, I'm not as worried as I would be if, say, you know, we'd played a full strength team today and then we were nil nil going into the away leg in the Champions League. But it does mean he's, you know, like today, you can sort of rest people up for that Spurs game, and it's difficult. Spurs are such a, like you say, inconsistent. I can't really remember them having given us, you know, too many problems in big games over the years. But then, you know, Conte, they've not had Conte before. And he's, you know, he's a great manager. He's got them singing. They're right in it, that battle for top four with Arsenal. So that is definitely, if we can get through that and it's still one point, you're thinking, right, we've got through probably the hardest of the remaining fixtures. Like I say, with the Champions League final in midweek, uh, semi-final even, in, uh, in midweek, it's a... Uh, Coming through that one and still being one point behind is, uh, I think, it's a big one. That yeah, the Champions League certainly, I think, could play into it, couldn't it? Obviously, Manchester City going to Real Madrid. There's only a goal in that tie. That's obviously a far harder one for them than Liverpool, you'd imagine, in Villarreal. But uh, obviously, Newcastle at home for Manchester City next weekend. That's after obviously Liverpool have played Tottenham again. We don't know how much the, the pressure could play into it. We don't know how much the extra rest even could play into it for City, having that extra day. Liverpool playing Saturday, Manchester City then playing on the Sunday. But I suppose if we've learned anything from this weekend is that Newcastle can keep it tight. Obviously, they had the, the backing of, of St James's Park against Liverpool. They won't have that against Manchester City. But did you see anything in the, the Liverpool-Newcastle game that gives you a, a little bit of hope that they could be the ones to, to stop City? I think with it with it being at the Etihad, you know, I'm I'm a bit reluctant to say they'll go there and get anything because I do think such a massive part of Newcastle, the same as us, a massive part of their um, their them getting wins at home is that that uh, fan base that's behind them and obviously away from home. You know, I'm sure they'll take plenty of supporters to City and the Etihad can be quiet on the best of days, but you know, they're not going to feel the, the full force and. City have been on a roll at the Etihad recently. You know, it's not anywhere anyone wants to go. We don't want to go there. Newcastle don't, certainly don't want to go there. But, you know, not so much against us, but I've watched them since, you know, the money's come in and Eddie Howell's come in and particularly since Bruno Guimaraes has come in and he, look, he looks a real player. And obviously, Joel Linton dropping deep as he's sort of been, he's found his role, but I just, I can't see past City, you know, getting an early one and then finishing it off scoring two or three they might they might concede but yeah I'm, I, I'm not sure I fancy Newcastle it's a I think it's the Wolves away fixture I'm really looking towards there's a because obviously I mean if VAR hadn't had its way they'd have dropped points against Wolves already this season for that uh that Matinho handball that never was and um you know they're a well set up team I, I'm not happy we've got to face I'm glad it's at Anfield on the last day obviously but I think I'm looking more towards that Wolves fixture for uh someone to get something for us the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
was a tricky one for Liverpool, wasn't it? Wolves away, Divock really having to come on and, and be the hero in that one. I think the other one as well, I mean, the, the, the other two games that, that City have got, West Ham away and, and Aston Villa at home, obviously. There's the Steven Gerrard angle to, to the Villa game, but it's it's the West Ham one, really, that, that sticks out to me. I think that will hinge, unfortunately, on whether West Ham get through or not in the Europa League. Obviously, lost 2-1 at home to Frankfurt in the first leg. If they were to go through in that one and come from behind in Germany next week, that would mean that they'd have to play City just a couple of days before the, the final. So you could imagine they're going to make wholesale changes for that. But if West Ham do go out in the semi-finals, they're probably going to have to, to get something from Manchester City if they're going to be in Europe again next season. So I suppose midweek, Liverpool fans are going to have to turn into to Frankfurt fans and and hopefully that can be a, a little bit of an edge that Liverpool can get. Yeah, you know, I've been talking to a few of my mates, West Ham fans, and I actually, actually quite want them to win it. But when you put it like that, it would it'd be a massive favour if... Uh, if they did get knocked out, because, you know, I mean, if, if they've got a Champions League, Europa League even final, a couple of days after playing City, you know, it's, it's a write-off, isn't it, really? Like, that, that that's, they're going to, absolutely, as they should, they're going to put all their eggs in that basket and probably let City walk all over them. But, you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't watch the their game against Frankfurt, but, I mean, for Frankfurt to go to, to go to back the new Camp and beat them 3-1 was uh, pretty impressive. So, it's, it's going to, it's going to take a decent job from West Ham and, you know, everyone, everyone is looking at that that one now. Uh, that and Wolves, I think, as the two big ones where City could go and drop points. You know, obviously we've dropped points against West Ham this season already, and they they are a good, they're a well set up team. You know, they're well drilled. Bow, Bowen looks a player, and um, it is it's going to be tough for City. You know, and hopefully a lot tougher if um, if West Ham, like you say, aren't in that Europa League final and they've got something more to play for in the Premier League. You've just got to hope that. They're not going to roll over for City. Yeah, certainly. Still something to, to play for for West Ham if it does fall in the way that it looks like it might do. I think it's going to take a, a big effort for them to go to Germany and, and win that game against Frankfurt and, and turn it round. So that will certainly be one to keep an eye on as well. Let's talk a little bit about Steven Gerrard and, and Aston Villa. Then obviously both Liverpool and Manchester City have still got to play against them. It's it's not a game from a Liverpool perspective that I'm looking forward to, actually. The way that Villa set up at Anfield was really impressive, really made it difficult for Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool, if they're going to get any benefit from Steven Gerrard, are going to have to do that first and, and beat Villa away from home. And Obviously, City on the final day of the season, it's it's at the Etihad, that one. So, obviously, Steven Gerrard, Felipe Coutinho as well. It, it would be the kind of dream scenario for Liverpool, but... I don't know that one. That one feels just as tricky for Liverpool as it does for Manchester City for me, if not even more so. Yeah, I mean, it does seem sort of like dream stuff, doesn't it? But I mean, if the quadruple's still on and you know Everton still might go down, why not? Why could Steven Gerrard not give Liverpool the league on the last day of the season? I mean, it's been a remarkable season. I think that really would be a <laughs> quite a way to top it off. Whether it's going to happen or it's going to go the other way and he's going to break our hearts and take points off us remains to be seen because, you know, that a bit, I mean, he might, he might say in his press conferences for, for all he likes that, you know, this is his job, he's the Villa manager now, but I can't believe he'd take any pleasure in that, you know. Um, having, you, you, you almost feel like he's got, he's got that, he's got the chance to sort of redeem the slip with a, with a like, a, you know, a win on the last day or if he comes to Liverpool and, and wins it with us as a manager, not that, he, not that he's got anything to redeem in my book, but, you know, it, it does feel like, that that would just be the perfect way to uh, 
cap off what's been a ridiculous turnaround this Premier League season. You know, I had, I think, like many other people, in January, I was league's over, league's done, let's focus on the Champions League and the domestic cup, see what we can do. And I mean, what, even if we don't do it, and I'm not sure we will, but what a fight back it's been. And for, to, for you know, as still to have the chance for, I mean, months ago, we were, when we started the fight back, you were looking at that last day and thinking, oh my God, imagine if it comes down to that and Gerard can do it. And here we are, there's only four games left and it's, it still could happen. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rule anything out. You know, stranger things have happened. It would be, it would be amazing. But like I say, I just hope he's not the one to uh, take any points off us when we go away. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool got to do their own job first, but it would be some narrative, wouldn't it? In terms of, of writing stuff in the, the Premier League, we've seen some incredible things, but that might just top them all, I think, if if that was to, to happen. Let's have a, a look at a couple of other little bits that I've kind of got my eye on in terms of a bit of an advantage, taking a, a look at, at the final few games, maybe clutching straws a, a little bit, but who knows, you know, the quadruple is on. You've got to hope, you've got to pray. The next two rounds of, of fixtures, obviously, just as it was this weekend, Manchester City play after Liverpool. So Liverpool obviously play in second because of, of the FA Cup final, the round after that. So it kind of balances out to a, a certain extent And on the final day, of course, both teams kicking off at the same time. But I think for, for the next two rounds, for Liverpool to play first, obviously Tottenham in the, the next weekend is, is the first one before City play in Newcastle. I mean, it can make a difference, can't it? Pep Guardiola was asked about it in his press conference, didn't really get drawn too much upon it. But it's got to be something that if Liverpool do do their own job, Manchester City, then the pressure is on them a little bit. Obviously, they can cope with it, but it will play It will play a small bit of a difference, won't it? Well, they like to pretend they're not like the rest of us, don't they, all the managers and players. But everybody, everybody else who follows the Premier League is looking at it, thinking it. Uh, why, why wouldn't they be? You know, there's no way it doesn't. Obviously, you know, they're elite athletes. It's it's not it's not going to have it's not going to be at the forefront of their mind while they're playing. It's it's probably not going to have that big of an impact. But it's got to be in the back of their mind. It's got to be in the back of Pep's mind. You know, especially with it being um, these two are they they play the day after both of these, don't they? So there's a whole you know there's a whole day they can sleep they can sleep on it. You know, we'll get we'll get to go to bed with Liverpool top of the league hopefully and. Uh, wake up in the morning, you know, knowing that if somebody can do something against City, then Liverpool are still going to be top of the league and there's only two, three games left. So, you know, it's a, it's a tricky one, but I, I can't, I just, I can't help but feel like, you know, it, it does, it does have an impact, but how, how much of an impact it's going to have, you know, it's, it's, it's probably negligible but like you say clutching at straws with the quadruple still on I'll take, we'll take any advantage we can get and you know like you say with with them having to sleep on it it might just start to creep up in the back of their minds especially as the games sort of tick down yeah it's got to be a, a very small psychological edge but like you say we'll we'll take anything we can get I suppose the probably bigger edge that Liverpool have over Manchester City and it's been spoken about a little bit over the last few weeks is kind of the the squad size the the number of players that Liverpool have got available obviously Roberto Firmino injured at the moment. We think he'll be back pretty quickly. But even with him out this weekend, there was no Takumi Minamino on the bench. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain wasn't on the bench. Liverpool made five changes to their team from midweek in the Champions League. I know there's only four games left. It, it's not going to be a time for, for wholesale changes. But again, you think if, if City were to get one or two injuries or if there was a, a red card or a suspension, Liverpool are kind of in a better position to be able to cope that than than what Pep Guardiola is. 
Yeah, I think that's that's been probably the biggest change since Diaz came in in January. Is you've gone from all, everybody. The argument was always, you know, look at City's squad. How can we compete with that? And all of a sudden, we've we seem to have only added one player, and now all of a sudden it's like we we've got the bigger squad, and all of a sudden City are struggling for depth, and it's like yeah, because. Well, that's what happens when you get a few injuries, isn't it? Thank God they didn't get nine all at once like we did last season. But, you know, that's part of the modern game. You've got to cope with it. You know, we we cope with it last year and you are going to get little advantages here and there with people getting injured. I mean, if, if God forbid, Van Dijk or Salah went down now, you'd be thinking, oh, that's probably that, isn't it? More so Van Dijk and Salah now, maybe with, with like you say, the squad depth. You know, Salah got a rest today, obviously came on, but wasn't, wasn't really needed. And you just... You look at that Liverpool team now, and the biggest difference is in a in a game if they're nil nil in the 60th minute. Before you were looking at the bench, and it was like Origi, all right, but unless it's a big game, he's probably not going to do anything. Minamino, you know, he's coming and done bits in the League Cup, but he's, you don't want to be relying on him. And all of a sudden, you've, he's picking a front three from six top class, if not world class players. And like I say, Firmino's out at the moment, but. So he's, he's not quite got that six to pick from. But even then, the, the, the drop-off in quality with that front three, whenever one of them comes off and another one comes on, it's minimal. And that's been I think that's been the biggest change in um, in terms of sort of squad depth. Obviously, Canate has done fantastic as well. Sort of as an understudy for Matip. And Matip not, not really getting injured, touch wood, all season has helped us out massively as well. So, yeah, it's, it's sort of been a well-put-together squad with, you know, a bit of riding your luck with injuries as well. But it is, it's the strongest Liverpool squad I can remember in a long time and finally looks like one that's able to compete with Man City. Yeah, and fingers crossed that can go into the next season as well. Whatever happens this season, you'd imagine Liverpool in a similar kind of position next season. Plenty still to play for in the rest of this campaign, though, for both Liverpool and Manchester City. Four games left, each in the Premier League, plus the Champions League and FA Cup final to look forward to as well. So plenty going on. Plenty more content from us to come over the next few weeks as well. But for this one, that is all we have time for on the latest Agenda podcast. I'll be back on Monday with our Blood Red podcast, looking back at Newcastle and ahead to Villarreal. Until then, though, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.